This is the primal scream of a dying regime. Pray for our enemies, because we're going medieval on these people. Here's not got a free shot on all these networks lying about the people. The people have had a belly full of it. I know you don't like hearing that. I know you try to do everything in the world to stop that, but you're not going to stop it. It's going to happen. And where do people like that go to share the big lie? MAGA media. I wish in my soul, I wish that any of these people had a conscience. Ask yourself, what is my task and what is my purpose? If that answer is to save my country, this country will be saved. War Room. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. Okay, welcome. Uh, we're jammed. There's a lot going on. There's, they're blowing up over the weaponization. Jim Jordan's getting down, going to start wrestling guys. Uh, there's the intel. you got armed services. Things are on fire today in the nation's capital as uh, MAGA goes on offense. Uh, Todd Benzman, before I lose you, uh, your closing thoughts here on this. You, you called this over a year ago, and you said, watch Pensacola. Nobody's paying attention to it. This could be big. It turned out to be, I guess, even bigger than we thought because the judge came in. And, uh, and and everybody in the war, Grace and Mo, let's get it up. I want everybody to read this 103-page opinion because ruling because he he rips the Band-Aid off. He calls the Biden administration exactly what they did, which was the game the asylum system to allow and exacerbate an invasion on the southern border of the United States and lose our sovereignty. And this judge calls it out for what it is, and I think it's the beginning – you know, we got to get over these these other committees. Mayorkas is a grundoon. You got to go after Garland and Biden. Garland and Biden, because this is thought through by the Justice Department. Okay, this is Garland and Biden, and this ought to be the beginning of grounds for impeaching these two clowns for what they've tried to do to our country. Todd Benzman. Okay, well, the thing to watch for in the next week is whether the circuit court, the eleventh, maintains this judge's vacating of the administration. He gave him seven days. This judge is not fooling around. He said, seven days, you're going to undo everything you've done since Trump was there. You're going to undo it, and we're going to start to secure this border. Seven days. This is a federal judge told the Biden, told the president of the United States, the quote-unquote president, the regime head, seven days to get it back to where it was, right? That's right. And if they maintain his vacating of uh, of the policies, Whatever happens, and I predict that there could be a major surge at the border, uh, people that are stacked up down there by the tens of thousands yep. rushing forward is not on judge, uh, the judges. No, they're going to uh, try to blame it. Right. Chaos. And, and what, no. that's, a, what's a, what yes. that's about is detention center bed space. Remember, the administration was claiming we have to let everybody free yep. into the country because we don't have any bed space, but they shut down. Yeah. The centers so that yeah. they can't. Well, and Alex the, and Alex Jones, we're going to have him. He was down there all the time into these centers. You know, it's showing what a fiasco this was. This is this is major, and this is this is the kind of thing we got to have. This is going to cause, and they're going to say nothing but chaos. They had it all worked out. They just had the New York Times article. Look at that. Everything's dropped. Everything's <laughs> calm. It's a lie. What they're doing is processing it in Mexico as Todd Benzman broke humanitarian parole and flying them into the country with the EBIT cards, with the cell phones, with, you know, medical, all of it. They're flying deep into the interior of the country, right? Because every town's a border town and every town's a border state. Benzman. That's right. And when they come back and say, well, oh, we don't have detention bed space. Uh, Remember this quote from the judge. He says, thus, like a child who kills his parents, 
and then seeks pity for being an orphan. Uh, it is hard to take the defendant's claim, the Biden administration's claim, that they had to release more aliens into the country because of limited detention capacity. They shut down the detention centers so that yeah. they would have to release everybody. It's, and the it's judge called them out on that. It's grounds for impeachment. Not Mayorkas. He's a grundoon. I don't care about Mayorkas. I care about Garland and I care about Biden. Um, how do people get to you? I know you're going to be on, by the way, seven days. And let me, I, I think I hear... Todd Ben's been processing his tickets. You're going to get down to the border because it's going to be big, right? Yeah, I mean, if they if they maintain this judge's order, uh, it's going to be chaos down okay. there. I mean, I'll be heading down there. We'll watch it closely. And every every uh, every update, Todd Benzman, always an honor. The book is overrun. The cover itself tells you everything. The book I read it in one sitting. I stayed up late because you know why? I had my pillow. I had a <laughs> my pillow products. I knew I sleep the sleep adjuster. I was only gonna get three hours that night because I couldn't put Benzman's book down. <laughs> Benzman, you're a rock star. What's the social media? How do people get to you? Okay, yeah, it's uh, Benzman Todd at Twitter, T. Benzman at Getter, uh, and ToddBenzman.com. I'm with the Center for Immigration Studies. You guys are the best. You guys have just done the best job of calling. The called shots here have been amazing. Thank you, brother. Thank you. Let me go back to Cortez. Cortez, so much going on. Yesterday in the 6 o'clock hour, what I did was take uh, really the great Matt Gates, and Matt will be live with us tomorrow, uh, I think in the 5 or 6 o'clock hour. We're going to figure this out uh, on the show. To go through, but I want the Syria thing, the debate over Syria. The debate over Syria was amazing because it talked about what we have to do to unwind right. ourselves from being the world's cop. Uh, Walker said, but the vote came 103, 103 uh, votes uh, to get to just force them to come and give a plan and withdraw the troops on a twenty-two year old, uh, you know, military authorization. Uh, and we're going to try to force this on Ukraine to make Biden come on a war powers resolution and actually describe what in the hell they're trying to do there and be honest with the American people. Right. I think only 48 Republicans. It's a start, 48 Republicans. Yeah. But there's a lot of the Republicans. And quite frankly, if you're if they Republicans don't vote for a war powers resolution, they should be turfed out each and every one of them. That's how big this is. And look, there's some yep. people I know quite well and I'm very close to, that are very, but it's too bad. Like Ryan Zinke, I love Ryan Zinke, but he yep. got up there and gave the most idiotic thing I've ever heard in my entire life. Right. And no offense, the folks in Montana should sit there and go, what in the hell are you doing, dude? Yes. Steve Cortez. Yeah, and by the way, there were a lot of names that disappointed me, right, that voted for continued intervention, continued war fighting by America in Syria, where, again, we have no discernible, definable, vital U.S. national security interest. But of all the disappointing names, Zinke, to me, was the most disappointing. So I want to name names. I want to congratulate the people who stood up for an America first foreign policy of realism and restraint, and not just Republicans, okay, some leftist populists, too. Uh, and then let's also name names as far as, you know, who needs to be questioned and who needs to probably be primaried, Republicans who voted for this constant Washington war machine intervention uh, agenda. You know, but first, Steve, to put this in historical context, you're right. Listen, I'm never going to celebrate when we lose a vote 103 to 321, okay? We were massively outvoted, unfortunately. Permanent Washington prevailed here. But let's put it in historical context because since Reagan, other than Trump, okay, other than that very notable exception of the peace president, Donald Trump, America has effectively been constantly at war, either low level or high level uh, at war, starting with the first Bush presidency, with the first Gulf War, uh, leading then into Clinton in Serbia, in Kosovo, uh, and then all the way into, of course, massive escalation by George W. Bush, continued on by Obama in Iraq and Afghanistan. So we have a country that has 
has largely been at war for three decades, with the notable exception exception of Trump. So we can't uh, we can't expect that we're going to turn that tanker around quickly. But it is turning, and it is coming our way to a, an America first foreign policy of realism and restraint. And congratulations to Matt Gates, who represents the most military intensive district in all of America uh, in the Florida Panhandle. Congratulations to him for standing up for not just all the American people, but particularly for the war fighters who bear the the most severe consequences uh, of this. This constant intervention by the by the foreign policy establishment of Washington D.C. So uh, let's pull up, if we can, uh, chart number two, slide two. This is a, a headline from Mediaite on this. You know who voted in favor of de-escalating, of getting our troops out of Syria and making forcing a War Powers Resolution Act. Some of the names are ones you would expect. Obviously, Gates who sponsored it, MTG, Lauren Boebert, uh, uh, Chip Roy, Harry Hageman on the Republican side. But look at some of the Democrats who joined us here, people we don't often agree with, Cory Bush, Pramila Jayapal, the, the, uh, the squad members, Ro, Ro Khanna from Silicon Valley, another one uh, who's not on that list there, but uh, who voted uh, for de-escalation, Chewy Garcia from Chicago, who just got trounced in the Chicago mayoral election. But so we do see here, Steve, a very interesting alliance of the populist anti-war left with the populist right. And what I hope this should teach us, those of us in the patriotic populist movement in America First, is that we can reach out to them. We're not gonna agree on everything, that's for sure, but there are there are issues where the Bernie bros are in alignment with us, and when it comes to war, that's absolutely one of those issues. You know, But I promise to, to name some names. So let's name the people who voted in the affirmative, yeah. meaning get out. Uh, people like Norman of South Carolina, Rosendale, so Montana was well represented there, Chip Roy. Jim Jordan, Mike Collins, new congressman from Georgia, Bishop of North Carolina, Biggs, Mary Miller of Illinois, all voted on our side, on the America First side. Let's talk about some of the Republicans who voted against us, who voted for Raytheon and the Washington War Machine. Some of them not surprising, but some of them surprising. Uh, Pence from Indiana, Salazar of Florida, uh, Van Dyne, McCall, Crenshaw, Luttrell, Diaz-Balart, and then, of course, Zinke, which to me was the most disappointing of all, voting in favor of continued war fighting. So the, the great news is we're making progress. Well, hold Steve. it, hold it, hold, hold it, but all leadership, right, all Stefanik, leadership, all of them, all leadership. Correct. Hey, got you got to get your minds right on this. Correct. You're sitting there now with this budget that's out of control. People got to start making tough cuts. We can't be, and it's not... Forget the waste, fraud, and abuse. I know we're going to go with the woke and weaponized. That's different. This is systemic. You can't. You got to do it by taking away commitments, commitments domestically, and commitments uh, uh, yeah. to be the world's cop. And this thing right yeah. here is sick. We shouldn't be there anymore. Okay, we shouldn't be there anymore. It's not about ISIS. This is about being up against uh, wherever the Russians are. They want to get something, get an incident, right. so we get in a shooting war that lead to tactical nuclear weapons. Cortez, I got to bounce. Your Substack, all your content, and your social media, where do they go? Yes, please find me on the Twitter. I'm at Cortez, Steve Cortez with an S. Thank you very much. As always, Admiral Bannon. Thank you, brother. And uh, by the way, we'll get you back on capital markets tied to this whole debt ceiling thing. Remember, not one penny in debt ceiling increase, not one penny. Yep. Okay, they can play, they're not going to be one security. They're going to pay all the interest. There's tons of cash. There's $5 trillion of cash. We've got plenty of cash. We got plenty. Get what we have is too many commitments. We got to cut the commitments. Cortez, thank you, brother. Thank you, Alex Jones. Uh, thank you. There's so many things on so many fronts to fight. But I want to focus on the third world war. You've been so good about talking about this. Last night, massive rocket attack 
in uh, in uh, in Ukraine. Zelensky gives this interview with Wolf Blitzer. He wants McCarthy to go over there. We got the Syria situation. They're still holding Bakhmut. You just saw the budget. He's not going to cut. Biden's not going to cut one penny from the budget. In fact, they're going to have increases. Where do we stand right now, uh, Alex? You've been one of the loudest voices about our sovereignty, about the border. You were down there. I saw you going outside the tents. You were ripping people's faces off. We got an invasion on the southern border. Uh, we got this budget's out of control, the debt's out of control, the Federal Reserve's out of control, and yet we still continue to fund the global war machine to suck in uh, not just the treasure of the United States, but the blood of our uh, of our sons and daughters. Mr. Alex Jones. Well, I think you quantify it every day here. You've got the show with the most signal, not noise, as you like to say, getting into the real analysis. But bottom line, globalist. Long-term want to empower China while they degrade the United States, but while they use the United States to expand their different uh, globalist uh, projects and operations. So the mission is deindustrialize the United States, shut off the pipelines, flood the borders with uh, desperate third-world populations fleeing the two-plus years of IMF World Bank uh, decreed lockdowns in the third world, and, and then use that population as a permanent new underclass where Democrats all across the country are passing state and local laws, as you know, to allow illegal aliens uh, to vote. So the globalists are waging war against America while at the same time uh, laundering, as you know, hundreds of billions of dollars through uh, Ukraine and, and, and playing a very, very dangerous game of brinksmanship with Russia. As you know, just six months ago, Biden said, we can't send Abrams frontline tanks in, that'll lead to World War III in the threat escalation, because the Pentagon had told him that. Uh, but now the State Department people, most of them never have worn a uniform or you know, been in combat like you know, uh, most of the folks on your show have and served their country, but they're there playing soldier. And there's nothing more dangerous uh, than politicians and political wonks uh, who've lived in these ivory tower bubbles of, of, of Harvard and Yale and Georgetown and other places, believing that they can make a war with Russia work. Yeah, Russia's lost hundreds of thousands of troops. Yeah, Russia's running out of ammo. But the Russians we know aren't ever going to give up, and they're only escalating and pouring more troops in and warning us it's going to lead to tactical nuclear weapons. And in most scenarios, that's why the doomsday clock's now at 90 seconds to midnight, when the tacticals get used, then it'll spread into theater weapons, and then it goes right up to uh, level 43 of the Rand Corporation's threat continuum. And so we are marching directly on how all the experts have predicted that this would lead to a full-born nuclear war that would collapse civilization and probably kill about 5 billion people. One of the greatest voices about American sovereignty and the war against the globalists, Mr. Alex Jones, will be on the other side. We're going to take a short commercial break. Back with Alex Jones in a moment. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. Okay, uh, a couple of things. Number one, uh, the uh, some of the feedback in the chat room. Uh, yes, um, it is Ron DeSantis, Attorney General. And I say he picks good people, and she's a hammer, and they've done a great job. But I also said, make sure you listen that this is a Trump judge, and that's why the importance of President Trump in getting these federal judges, as he did, and Mike Davis with Grassley. Remember, Mike Davis ran all these ran all the hearings. That's why you know I knew about Mike Davis. Not just he's running the Supreme Court; he's running all these judges. He's he's le- Davis is kind of legendary, as you can tell. He's a hammer. But no, this is President Trump. This is what is so important about getting Trump back in. We need more Trump judges. So, 
Let me go pivot back to Alex. Alex, the, right now it's a free fall on the weaponization committee. I mean, Jordan's breaking down and they're coming back at him. They're leaking stuff. This thing is contentious. Every one of these hearings today is contentious as the globalist and, and the administrative state are not in deep state aren't going to back down at all. Just because we're winning and we take it, screw you. They're playing hardball everywhere. They've come after you like nobody's business to, to basically take your platform away and shut your voice down. Tucker, you know, Tucker had the first night. The last night has been good, but it hadn't been new footage. He's getting amazing pressure from the higher, highest levels of the Murdochs. He's finding the good fight. And of course, now they're all yelling and they're leaking. They got uh, Fox reporters going to Mediate and New York Times, others saying, oh, he's terrible. He should be shut down. The pressure here is relentless. But what's so shocking is that you guys are right. And I tell you, what the tapes Tucker has shown and what you've done in your reporting is actually breathtaking about how the administrative state and particularly the legal aspect of the FBI and DOJ they're essentially gangsters, right, as they're coming after people. Alex Jones. Absolutely. We've got some big breaking news here. I have high-level sources in the Proud Boys uh, defense, and I got calls yesterday uh, evening. It's it's now broken today, and, and more is about to come out. Uh, they, they canceled the first few hours of court right now. They're in full panic mode. They're in the sixth week of the kangaroo uh, trial, and – there in those DC star chambers. So I get the call and then I begin to receive the documents. And so I notified you and other key people. And and then now uh, Julie Kelly got the filing this morning. She's put it out on Twitter and the FBI wanted to bring on a witness today. So two days ago, they said, here's new evidence that we're going to be presenting. Well, the FBI, just like they did in the Whitmer case in the first trial in Michigan that caused those guys uh, to uh, get off on the first trial because they've been set up, the FBI turned over a bunch of files that they had intended to delete or evidence they intended to destroy showing they set them up and basically threatened them if they didn't go try to kidnap the governor, which they never even actually tried to do. This is bigger than that. And you can go read it right now on Julie Kelly's uh, uh, Twitter. That I've got a lot more from the lawyers about what's in the documents. But this is the court filing here. And it says, edit out that I was present. That's the FBI agent who's been testifying the last few days. And then when you read through the documents, we, you learn that they didn't fully delete the LYNC messages. And so there's 350 plus documents uh, thousands, thousands of pages in this that they didn't delete. So they thought they deleted it, but it was still there. They were able to restore it. And the FBI agent, to cover his ass, uh, this is in the court filing in D.C., Miller's communications with another agent who states the agent's FBI boss assigned her 338 items of evidence I have to destroy. So this is them criminally felonies, uh, if this is true, ordering them to destroy evidence that basically the Proud Boys at the leadership level was about 50% FBI and informants who were trying to get them to do something, but they couldn't, and it's in the documents. Hold it, hold the it, hold, 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 hang on, hang on, hang on hold, hold it, slow down. At the senior levels, the infiltration of the Proud Boys was at, at that level? These are, in, in, yes. Because this is a question I'm going to ask you. With Tucker stuff, with Epps, and they couldn't use the, the facial technology of the Fed's erection. You're saying that the Proud Boys, what this is going to prove is that there actually was active involvement by federal either assets or federal agents uh, like there was in Michigan, sir? Some of the same teams that were in Michigan 
were in D.C. actually running the whole thing. CIA operatives, sex operatives. This is all going to come out. This is other documents they've got that the judge is trying to keep sealed and, and is trying to keep from the jury. Yes, this this is a hundred times conservatively bigger than Michigan that, that blew that whole f- fake case wide open. And so, yes, I'm not saying the Proud Boys are bad, but at the leadership level, they were completely infiltrated. Enrique Tario was not a bad guy, but he'd spent prison time. He was an FBI asset and informant, but they couldn't get them to, to do any violence. And, and that's what's come out. The driver of Enrique Tario's car on January 5th, when he was supposed to leave D.C., had been arrested at the airport the day before, when they had that meeting with Stuart Rhodes and the Oath Keepers in the parking garage, they th- these informants are saying they didn't call for violence. There was no plans. That's the type of evidence they're ordering destroyed that there was no plan to attack the Capitol. There was obviously no coordination uh, going on, and it's just totally and completely made up. And and so, yes, this is the smoking gun that backs up everything that Tucker Carlson is saying. I mean, right here, these are, these are federal filings where you have the FBI agents, names, everything, saying that they were ordered by their boss to destroy 338 items of evidence and then... Again, there's thousands of pages of documents that they've been pouring over. Uh, the, the Obviously, the people that have this are pretty scared. Uh, the court was supposed to go into session 9 a.m. Uh, as of 10, the judge still w- wasn't having court going to session. I don't know if it's in session right now because I was coming on air here. But they're, the, the feds asked for court, by the way, this morning to be delayed for two days. They are in complete, total panic mode and this is breaking right now and and this is just the filing what i've been told in in hours of discussions i mean I've, they've been reading me these documents it is insane uh i mean this is incredibly dangerous and, and the good news is they're not going to be able to suppress this coming out alex i want to i want to take and tie it back to what we saw in tucker the night i mean i was gobsmacked to know that the QAnon shaman is being escorted around with a Praetorian guard of Capitol Hill police and they're trying the door for him. And then he leads a prayer. None of that footage. Tucker had the lawyer on last night and the, and the lawyer went for exculpatory evidence, which the government is obligated to give you. That was never shown to anybody. And this guy spent a year in solitary confinement here in DC. And now he's still in prison. It, it, this whole thing is sharing. But what gets me is that Republicans, you had these guys from red states, I mean super red states, South Dakota, North Dakota, some of the reddest states trashing Tucker Carlson and actually the efforts he went in his team in a couple of weeks to put this information forward. Your thoughts? I have an editorial cartoon here. They say a picture tells a thousand words. If my crew will give me a close shot, I'll show this to you. It's an image of Chucky Schumer saying J6, worse than 9-11, worse than Pearl Harbor, you know, worse than the Civil War. And then unseen video, literally the cops taking selfies and leading the, the Q shaman, uh, Jacob Shonsley, around and into the Senate. This was a setup, ladies and gentlemen. The police were ordered to stand down. They were ordered to let the people in. And almost everyone trying to break in, like Ray Epps, who told the J6 committee, in his text messages, he says, yes, I called my family and said, I orchestrated, that's the word, the break-in. He's, he's on video now ramming in with huge signs over the police, leading the attack to break down the barricades. 
And I'm told that's the footage Tucker was going to be airing from the HD federal cameras, not just citizen cameras out there that got blurry footage of it, but HD footage of not just not just Ray Epps, but other feds leading the attack over the barricades and up to the Capitol and in. And then once they broke up the, the lightly defended police, because they'd sent half of them away for uh, crowd control at the ellipse a, a mile and a half away with Trump, so they had it lightly defended, then they ordered to stand down, then they cut all communications from the leadership for several hours, that's what Tucker covered on Tuesday, and would not communicate to the troops on the ground who were put in the middle of this. And so total, absolute, complete setup, and they're panicking and saying that Tucker Carlson's the devil for wanting to show us the actual footage of what really happened. And so, yes, the word is massive pressure from Rupert Murdoch after Schumer went on the Senate floor and threatened Fox, threatened everyone. He's representative, as we know, of the deep state, one of their top generals or field marshals. And so the word is... Go ahead, Steve. Let me ask you. The, 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 no, go, give me the word because I want to. I want you to finish because I want to go take it one level higher. To, the word is what? Well, just this. This is the death, as you say, of the deep state, of this corrupt establishment, and it's trying to take the world with it. With World War Three, with the Russians, it's trying to dissolve the borders, cut off all of our energy, and it's the death throes. And we need good people in government, good people in the private sector good citizens, everyone to realize that these people, like Hitler in the bunker, will take us down with them if we do not stop them. We are not enemies of the FBI. We're not enemies of the courts. We don't want a civil war. Your controllers, who are multinationalists, want to destroy the United States and destroy all of us along with them. Look, major rats leaving the sinking ship. This is even bigger than the J6 info. Two days ago, Former CDC director Redfield testified on the U.S. lab leak in Congress, and he was asked by Marjorie Taylor Greene and others about gain of function, and he went ahead and turned state's evidence and said, I'm not going to lie, I was kept out of the meetings. They went around and covered up that it was man-made. They knew it was man-made, and I'm not going to be part of this. And now we know that Fauci was basically reportedly paying people off with jobs and a bunch of stuff and getting them on the phone and in these group email chats to then create this fake report he put out uh, or had them put out saying there was no evidence of gain of function, even though yep. days before they're, they're in conference meetings with Redfield saying it's 100% man-made, that the U.S. government has the yep. CRISPR system, they scanned it, and it had the yep. P-shuttle genes, the cleavage marks, 100% man-made, a billion years of evolution couldn't make this. I mean, it, it's just incredible. We have them. <laughs> Alex, can you just hang on when we're showing the next break? Uh, by the way, Natalie Winter is going to join me tonight. She's working all day on this. She's going to join in the 6 o'clock show to break down Redford's testimony. And again tomorrow, we're going to bring in other experts. As Alex says, it's a smoking gun. Short break. Alex Jones on the other side. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. Okay, um, a lot going on. I, I got Alex here, but just breaking news: uh, Congressman LaHood is, is is basically saying in a, in an open hearing today, the Intelligence Committee. But this is one of the ones we're trying to cover. He's saying he was unlawful as a congressman, unlawfully monitored by the FBI under a FISA warrant during hearing. He accused uh, Ray of getting going to get in a FISA warrant against LaHood. We'll get more details in this, but it, sh- it shows you. 
the Federal Bureau of Investigation out of control at the senior levels. This is so, Alex, uh, t- Tucker, the heroic Tucker Carlson, who's and people got to understand you ought to pray for Tucker. He's under a massive pressure. What's happening behind the scenes on Tucker Carlson is uh, some of the greatest pressure I've ever seen on somebody in media. Uh, Alex, you know what they they're trying to have done and trying to do to you. But as he said, shows like ours and Tucker's and yours can only take it so far. At some point, it's got to it's got to transition to something official. Would do you believe that the Republicans in control of the House today that we got to go back to the beginning here on this J six thing? We need a real committee, a real hearing. And by the way, the Democrats should have minority should have ranking member. They should have minority council. Is one of the reasons. My, my uh, you know, my my thing on appeal right now, one of the big elements is I never thought this committee was legitimately set up because it's not like Watergate. It's not like Iran. It it's not like the 9-11. So but do you believe, Alex Jones, that McCarthy needs to step up to the plate now and we need to go back and whatever shows up, it shows up. But we need an official committee like a Watergate committee or 9-11 commission committee to get to the bottom of the intelligence that was out there. What was the involvement of federal officers and assets, DHS, all of them, uh, and, and, and actually get to the bottom of this whole thing, sir? Well, we have to. In June of 2000 and 2021, Biden put out his new official national terrorism directive and, and said policy is that white supremacy is the number one threat. They then labeled that as questioning elections, lockdowns, forced injections, things of that nature. They've now branded the entire Make America Great Again movement and populist and patriots and nationalist and Christians as terrorists and have said DHS, DHS's main role is going after us. And so we, I mean, remember it came out a year and a half ago that Tucker was being spied on by the National Security Agency. Well, we're all being spied on by this. It's all completely illegal. And, and so it's like the sweater. You pull the string of January 6th that they've tried to use to frame the American people as terrorists and use the national security state on the American people. First, they had the national security state for Russia, the Cold War, then it was for radical Islam. Now they've turned those weapons around completely with censorship, surveillance, weaponization of the Justice Department against the American people, and it's got to stop. The deep state is trying to complete a authoritarian coup that's about 80% Democrat, 20% rhino leadership and neocons allied with them, and they're openly at war with the American people, they're openly at war with the free press, and they are openly using the FBI to go after loyal, hardworking, decent Americans. And so yes, we need a new January 6th commission that's real, and we need to really push for the impeachment of Biden as a way to showcase even we don't have the votes in the Senate to convict him, but we can indict him in the House Amen. and have hearings there Amen. on the borders, uh, on Amen. on the money laundering in Ukraine, on Hunter Biden, on Amen. January 6th, on the spying, Amen. on the censorship, Amen. on all of it, and just open the whole thing up because everything's a crescendo now. As you said, it's happening so fast that we can't even keep track of it, even though we you know we live, eat, drink, sleep this. And But that's why now's the maximum effort, folks, because if you look at it, we're winning, they're panicked, They've been forced to take off the, the velvet glove. They're now punching us in the face with an iron fist. And if we roll over and take it, they win and they complete a dictatorial takeover for totalitarians. But if we energize as 1776 in the information war and get behind good leaders at the at the at the jury level, the grand jury level, uh, the attorney general level at the states, like we see in Mississippi and Louisiana and, and Missouri, and we get courage is contagious. 
Your courage is contagious. The War Room's courage is contagious. Your listeners and activists and viewers are contagious. And we are in the thick of the battle right now, folks. And laying down will destroy us. Standing up will free us. Okay, I'm going to play right now, uh, to back that up, I'm going to play a clip from this morning from the weaponization that a, a guy that's politically not close to Alex Jones and Stephen K. Bannon. So Matt Taibbi testifying. Let's go ahead and play it. Chairman Jordan, Ranking Member Plaskett, members of the Select Committee, thank you for having me today. My name is Matt Taibbi. I've been a reporter for 30 years uh, and a staunch advocate of the First Amendment. Much of that time was spent at Rolling Stone magazine. Uh, Ranking member Plaskett, um, I'm not a so-called journalist. Uh, I've won the National Magazine Award, the I.F. Stone Award for Independent Journalism, and I've written 10 books, including four New York Times Times bestsellers. (laughs) Uh, I'm now the editor of the online magazine Racket on the independent platform Substack. I'm here today because of a series of events that began late last year when I received a note from a source online. It read, are you interested in doing a deep dive into what censorship and manipulation was going on at Twitter? A week later, the first of what became known as the Twitter Files reports came out. To say these attracted intense public interest would be an understatement. My computer looked like a Vegas slot machine uh, as the, just the first tweet about the blockage of the Hunter Biden laptop story registered 143 million impressions and 30 million engagements. But it wasn't until a week after the first report, after Michael Schellenberger, Barry Weiss, and other researchers joined the search of the files, that we started to grasp the significance of this story. The original promise of the internet was that it might democratize the exchange of information globally. A free internet would overwhelm all attempts to control information flow, its very existence a threat to anti-democratic forms of government everywhere. What we found in the files was a sweeping effort to reverse that promise and use machine learning and other tools to turn the internet into an instrument of censorship and social control. Unfortunately, our own government appears to be playing a lead role. We saw the first hints in communications between Twitter executives before the 2020 election when we read things like flagged by DHS or please see attached report from FBI for potential misinformation. This would be attached to an Excel spreadsheet with a long list of names whose accounts were often suspended shortly after. Uh, Again, Ranking Member Plaskett, I would note that the evidence of Twitter government relationship includes lists of tens of thousands of names on both the left and right. The people affected include Trump supporters, but also left-leaning sites like Consortium and Truthout, the leftist South American channel Telesur, the Yellow Vest movement. That, in fact, is a key point of the Twitter files, that it's neither a left nor right issue. Following the trail of communications between Twitter and the federal government across tens of thousands of emails led to a series of revelations. Mr. Chairman, we summarized and submitted them to the committee in the form of a new Twitter file thread, which was also... Uh, That goes on. And by the way, the Charlie Kirk at noon and Alex Jones are going to pick this up after the war room. Alex, you've been warning people that the reason I want to play that quote from Matt Taibbi's opening statement, I think Matt now is at Rolling Stone and he and Andrew used to go at it all the time. Um... You've warned about this. That literally could be Alex Jones testifying there. You've warned the nation about this for many, many years, sir. Absolutely. And what's frustrating, Steve, is that Infowars.com articles and uh, others from Zero Hedge in 2020 
and even documents before that from uh, 2016, when Obama was leaving office, he set up the Countering Disinformation Foreign Propaganda Act and put several billion dollars in the 2017 Defense Authorization Act to put these stay-behind networks in there to then work against Trump, work against America, and to accelerate the command and control of the illegal censorship with government quarterbacking and commanding the operations inside of big tech, the surveillance and the censorship, then bringing in the outside fact-checking groups that were corporate allies of that, then bringing in the ADL and Southern Poverty Law Center to create the policies on hundreds of issues, and then censoring everything from criticism of the Afghanistan withdrawal uh, to the Ukraine war uh, to gain of function uh, to January 6th information. So this is the control grid. The internet has basically been seized, and now we're just discovering the little man behind the curtain. So this is an incredible moment. This can and should, and if we work to spread the word, bring down the deep state. Because as you said, the gain of function and Fauci lying and them putting out false reports and, 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 and again, lying to Congress, and that's all coming out. And the January 6th truth is coming out and the open border deliberate manipulations coming out. So we're, we're hitting this crescendo moment. My concern is that's why they've gone from not wanting nuclear war with Russia or not wanting to escalate just six months ago to now doing moves that will because the deep state is that desperate. They're going to get us all killed if people inside government and inside the media and inside culture don't decide to pick the right side. And I'm talking to people inside Obama's third administration, uh, the so-called Biden administration. Listen, Hitler's general staff turned against him the last two years because they knew he was going to destroy Germany. I'm not calling for any violence because Biden's just a puppet. But the bureaucracy and the think tanks, the globalists, the Carnegie Endowment, the Rockefeller Foundation, the UN people, the Xi Jinping infiltrated organizations are literally setting us up to destroy ourselves. We've got to stop now. Use your common sense. I'm reaching out to the deep state and saying this is madness. This is insane. You are leading us down a Hitlerian path. Stop until we're all dead. Use your heads. You're not going to succeed in defeating the American people. You may only succeed in destroying civilization. Now, and, and, and to back this up, it's because, it, you know, I was an officer on a, on a naval vessel back in the 70s that had tactical nuclear weapons. You never discussed this. The, the strategy level was never discussed publicly. We've had Wicker a couple of months ago saying that we haven't taken, we, the United States, has not have not taken first strike tactical nuclear weapons, theater nuclear weapons off the table. And now people are talking. Zelensky's saying, oh, I'm going to Crimea with my new M1A1 tanks. I need the F-16s. He's making the, pressing the case last night. And people understand to defend that Russia will probably use tactical nuclear weapons. And now it's like openly discussed, Alex Jones. Exactly. Formerly extremely secret war game plans and contingencies and escalation maps were secret. Now the Pentagon's bragging, saying, well, we think we can win a war with Russia. So we're going back to Dr. Strangelove, that famous 1964 Stanley Kubrick movie that was based on real stuff that L.L. Lemnitzer and Curtis LeMay came to uh, Kennedy and, and, and said, we think we can start a war with Russia and win it. We'll only lose 20, 30 million people. So these crazies... Uh, that, that, that back in the 60s lost their jobs for proposing a winnable nuclear war strategy are now basically their ghost is now back in control, insanely telling the public we can win a nuclear war. 
saying they'll be okay in their bunkers and in the end we'll beat the Russians. Well, me and my family and your family, we're all going to be dead. And so I don't see that as winning a war. I see it as insanity. Alex Jones, how do people get to you now? They're trying to shut you down. How do they get to InfoWars? How do they get to all the amazing content you're putting up? We're at InfoWars.com. We're making it through the, these uh, bankruptcies. We have a plan to stay on air. We're still here. I give it a 90% chance uh, that our bankruptcy goes well. The other side is just trying to find something corrupt to try to put me in jail. It doesn't exist. Uh, and so just like J6, they were able to indict me on that because I wasn't involved, tried to stop it. So it's the same thing. InfoWars is doing well. We have massive audiences, but it's all word of mouth to get around the censors. InfoWars.com and Band.video. Same thing with the War Room, folks. Never forget how essential you are everywhere, not just on Rumble, not just all the other great sites, but on the globalist platforms to promote War Room, to promote InfoWars. And Twitter's more and more open and getting a lot freer. And so we're seeing a lot of good traction there as well. So everybody promote this show and promote my show like your lives depend on it because it does thank you and i salute you steve bannon alex jones thank you for uh, laying it all out there by the way they call him a conspiracy theorist uh hmm a lot of that is now true and up and in your grill just listen to the hearings watch the videos you know just have your lying eyes just check it out alex jones thank you very much short commercial break we're going to be back with the d block in a moment Better has arrived. The new social media taking on big tech, protecting free speech, and canceling cancel culture. Join the marketplace of ideas. The platform for independent thought has arrived. Superior technology. No more selling your personal data. No more censorship. No more cancel culture. Enough. Getter has arrived. It's time to say what you want the way you want. Download now. Okay, five to seven. We're going to be back. You can get us on Getter. Uh, we're doing the uh, the Royce White shows. We're also doing. Uh, we're streaming all the time. We may stream some of these hearings. There's so much going on. This place sounds fire. I've never seen a news cycle like this in my life, and I've been at this for a while. Uh, and it's only going to get more intense, right? The, the budget's going to be released at noon. We just got word on that. Uh, Biden's going to be in Philadelphia speak. We're going to be back 5 to 7. Natalie's also going to join us. We're going to break down this bombshell on the gain of function, which is really weaponization of uh, of biology, right? Directed evolution, as they call it. Um, so there's a lot going on. We want everybody to come back at, from 5 to 7. Stick around for Charlie Kirk. He's going to be on fire. Of course, you got Alex Jones later in the day. Got Dr. Mark McDonald. I'm, I'm really, uh, Coffin is, is such a um, an incredible guy. Remember, we did this conference a couple of years ago. And it was shut down. <laughs> the, the The internet sponsor, uh, the streaming sponsor, shut it down in the first couple of minutes, and then he got it back up a week later. That's how powerful his con- Patrick Coffin's conferences are. Doctor Mark McDonald uh, joins. Us. And by the way, Doctor McDonald, it couldn't be a better day for you to join us <laughs> since we started with the collapse of the southern border. <laughs> We've got the collapse of the capital markets. We got you know nine committees up here. By the way, breaking news. EPA director, and we've told you, watch about who gave authorization for the controlled release and controlled burn. We're going to do this at five. She just said the EPA can't say, I think the quote is the EPA can't say if it's okay for the people in East Palestine to go back. She she says, well, I, I can't say, you know, I don't have the data yet on that. This whole thing is spinning out of control. Dr. Mark McDonald, you're here for the Hope is Fuel conference on the 18th, uh, and, and your guy can calm us down and say, hey, d- nothing to fear here. Dr. McDonald. 
Thank you so much for having me on, Steve. You're right. Everything is blowing up right now. But I don't think this is a bad thing because it really ties into what I'm going to be doing this weekend with Patrick Coffin and six other mental health professionals as an encore performance. I was invited first, I think, two or three years ago to a similar conference. And then once again last year, Hope is Fuel, where you can go hopeisfuel.com to sign up for this weekend's event where me and six other mental health professionals are going to help guide Americans out of the din of cacophony and through this, this fog of, of paralysis of fear, which is really my main topic that I've been speaking and writing about for about three years now. Fear addiction is something that I think has become so commonplace in our culture now that people reflexively will pull out a mask from their pocket when they pass by a human being on sidewalks throughout urban areas in Los Angeles where I live and where I work. This is not healthy. I wrote about it in my first book two years ago to describe this mass delusional psychosis called United States of Fear, where I described how Americans fell prey to this mass delusional psychosis through this cabal of corporate America media and uh, sick and disgusting institutions of our educational system. More recently, though, I've been focusing on fear addiction and how to get out of this. Uh, I wrote a book called Freedom from Fear just a few months ago, which is going to be the subject of my talk this weekend on Hope is Fuel. I believe that we can overcome the fear addiction. We can move back into a state of freedom. But to do that, we have to get our critical thinking skills back. We have to calm down. We have to drop this drug dealer of the mass media pushing through our pockets and our phones with all of this fake news. And we have to return to reality, essentially. So returning to a state of fearlessness, reality, and critical thinking will help maximize some of these new opportunities that you're talking about on your show let, let, and get let, us let forward. me ask you what what let, let me ask you the the um i've noticed this particularly a lot of people on the left is uh having uh being grounded in a in a spiritual discipline is being grounded in a faith also a foundation and not just the critical thinking the logical and rational part that I can think it through well because i've noticed people that are have strong spiritual uh, practices and beliefs and believe that have a certain grounding that they understand with all the stuff that hits you, you can see your way, you can see your way to the sunlit uplands with just logical thinking and work is, 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 does your studies and analysis show that it's more than just the logic and the rational mind? Well, it absolutely does. The basis of religiosity and religion and finding faith and, uh, focusing on family, uh, the core institutions and structures that fight back against this demonic system of government control and large institutions making decisions for us is really at the core of not only our country, but also our, um, our ability to be inoculated against fear, fear addiction, and this, this massive campaign of pushing us into this fake reality, this sort of fantasy life that we've been living for the last three years in our homes behind screens where we're not connecting with other people. And I think this is one of the reasons by why religious institutions have been under primary attack for the last two or three years and why churches were one of the first places to be shut down. Dr. McDonald, uh, tell us how do they get to the how do they get to the conference? Because everybody to 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 go to this to sign up for it's on the 18th. How do they get to the conference? And more importantly, how or as importantly, how do they get to you on social media? How do they find out about your books and all your uh, thinking? 
Of course, you need to go to hopeisfuel.com in order to sign up for the conference. It's coming up this weekend on Saturday. And all of my writing, which I actually use to speak to on this conference, is about fear addiction. And it comes from my literary website, which is dissidentmd, dissidentmd.com, where you can find my books and also my substack by the same name. So go to hopeisfuel.com to sign up and dissidentmd to find out more about what I'm going to be speaking about. Okay. Um, one more time. How do people get there? Because I want everybody to go today and check it out, immerse themselves in the information. And if you love it, go ahead and sign up for it. Where do they go? Hopeisfuel.com. Hopeisfuel.com website. Sign up there and you can join us on Saturday. Okay, brother. Dr. McDonald, thank you very much. Honored to have you on here. Thanks so much. Uh, Charlie for Kirk's me on. next on. Thanks, man. Uh, it's Charlie Kirk is next on. Um, he's next on Real America's Voice. Hang on, you're going to get that. I think Pasovic will be joining him for part of it. Uh, Pasovic's been on fire. Get on his Twitter feed. All everything that's breaking on the Ukraine war. We're going to be back from five to seven. I already tell you, it's going to be jammed. The budget gets released here in a few minutes. We're going to be all over it. Maybe even get up on Getter and give you an appetizer before five o'clock. You never know. See you then, five p.m. Back in the world. <laughs>